Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Pebbles drill deep to left field. Going back choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Jason Giambi has done it! Episode number 64, I'm Tommy, he's 7, and before we get into Jonesy going wild. Hog wild right now, Christ. He was was quiet in our entire pre-show, and now he knew the mic was hot, and he said, I got... Some takes. He said, was it the trade deadline today? <laughs> um, but before we get into it, we do want to address the fact that we didn't have an episode last week, and that was uh, kind of out of respect. Obviously not like a giant platform that we have, but we do have a platform. And with the way it was handled by players, the way it was handled by media, we wanted, we weren't really sure how to attack everything that's going on. Well, it kind of forced our hand, too, because when there's no games, there's not much to talk about. Yeah, but we decided let's cut the mics for a week, let let the bigger stories be the bigger stories, and we'll come back hot and heavy next week. And that's exactly what we're doing. So, um, yeah, I really, I I, I mean, honestly, I'll be straight. I don't want to talk about that stuff. No. That stuff's too hot button. I... Everybody's going to have an opinion on it, and I feel like baseball and this pod is a way that we kind of step away from that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think uh, for us, per, like, and I don't want to get too opinionated, but I think let's leave baseball at baseball and any other thing that gets in the middle of it, let the talking heads do their work. Exactly. Let the people with bigger platforms than us let it rip and and, you know... When we get to a point, hopefully someday, where the breakdown is, is you know, on that level, then, you know, maybe we'll talk about it then. But for now, we're keeping our noses clean. We're keeping, you know, our opinions to ourselves, whatever they may be. And, and I think that's just the way to do it professionally, and we wanted to communicate that to you listeners. So thanks for rocking with us. We're back. It's the trade deadline. Now that that's done and over with, and Jonesy said his piece, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Um, I gotta, I gotta say, this trade deadline, I was, I was fucking glued to my phone, just getting updates left and right. I, I had predicted before the season that this was going to be the most quiet deadline, and for whatever reason, I felt like it was busier in the last two years combined. I was gonna say, I feel like this is one of the busier deadlines in recent memory, and and that was against what both of us had said mm-hmm. or our expectations were. And, you know, we thought maybe maybe somebody will make a move to get it, to try and make a push. And now it feels like damn near everybody made a move today. Yeah, it's weird. Like, surprisingly, some of the teams that didn't really do much are the teams that were expected to make the most noise in a traditional season. You have the Yankees, the Dodgers, 
Um, I mean, the Rays made a surprising move when they dealt Carlos Martinez, or I'm sorry, Jose Martinez, one of the Martinez. They dealt Martinez. <laughs> they dealt a Martinez. Um, but aside from that, like the top teams, like the A's made a small move with Mike Miner, and we'll get into all the moves in a second. But aside from that, like the traditional, you know, first place, we need to add type of teams didn't add. And I don't know if it's because it's a shortened season and they're not putting all their eggs in one basket because you saw some surprising teams make a lot of moves today. And we'll definitely address that. But I don't know if it's because of the shortened season you saw more aggressive or I guess worse teams be more aggressive, um, you know, politely speaking, because some of these clubs, uh, I did not forecast them being buyers. Yeah, likewise. And, and like I said, we'll get into it in just a second. Um, but I, I, I think the biggest factor in that is the expanded playoff. And like any team that, you know, kind of had a thought of maybe is now saying. <laughs> so you're right, saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Jonesy loved that take. He did. Um, <laughs> Still loving it. Jesus. Um, so, I mean, let's just dive into it. It was a fun trade deadline, uh, and it got going, you know, a couple of days before, you know, a couple minor moves. The Blue Jays went and got Dan Vogelbach, a, a former uh, who the fuck is that guy. Um, shout out to your old recurring pieces. Yes. Sorry Do to you, see that happen to, to Dan Vogelbach. You don't want him to go to Toronto. No, I just didn't want him to go there the way he did. They, I think they DFA'd him, and it was, you know, they had to. It was a trade that they had to make out of necessity because of that. Um, but listen, I, you know, Danny V, he can still swing it. Yeah, and and I like Vogelbach. I think he's a he's a good fit for Toronto. He gives a, a decent. I'm not gonna say a full veteran presence, but a, but a more experienced presence in a young clubhouse. I, yeah, I mean they they're young. Um, Jesus, I don't know what the fuck's going on with right now. <laughs> it's all good. He's the third third member now that Jordan. He has a lot of commentary. P. This was a busy day for the for the trade deadline, so I can only appreciate that. Um, no, but I was gonna say, you know, Vogelbach. I mean, he's by no means like I. I think you kind of put it mildly. He's somewhat of a veteran leadership or piece I there. Like, this is his third full season. Yeah, third and a um, half. Yeah, like two and a half. Um, but again, he, I think he brings some humility to that club because we talked about it before recording. Um, this is like the MLB's fucking daycare center where everyone it's nepotism one one where everyone it really is man. Like, so maybe he can let them know like, Hey guys, it doesn't happen overnight. I'm living proof of that. So don't go on your fucking name value. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a, a quiet move that could pay dividends for Toronto, uh, they the Blue Jays also get Robbie Ray and Taiwan Walker. What do you think about Toronto right now? I, I mean, I think their team. These aren't moves that are blockbuster by any means. So, and, and when I say that, it's not like the Clevenger deal that we're going to talk about in a few. But I think the Blue Jays. This is why I don't love these types of deals because they don't move the needle necessarily to the point where you say, okay, World Series contender. I think this is a building block and a stepping stone in the right direction. It shows that they're being somewhat aggressive. Um, but I don't think these are guys that are going to be true impact players down the stretch. Uh, I mean, the stretch being just a month anyway. So, yeah. you know, it, I don't think you're getting enough value for a short for this short of a time. Because typically what you'll see, like, 
I, I remember the Lance Lynn deal when he went to the Yankees a couple years ago. And it wasn't a deal that made headlines, but he was a steady contributor and he gave you innings. I think this is kind of what the Blue Jays are getting with some of these pieces. You're just getting steady contributors that will give you good work um, for a month. Mm-hmm. I think the Blue Jays get a nice left-handed pitcher in Robbie Ray. They give up a young left-handed pitcher in Travis Bergen that was, I mean, he made one appearance, mm-hmm. a, a, a buck and two-thirds. <laughs> and 300k in cash yeah i'll take robbie ray for that um like you said it's not going to make them an immediate contender it's not a blockbuster move but it's a nice little salary dump for um uh, what's it called for for uh why arizona and the, the the blue jays get a decent rotation piece not again not top of the line not terrible Here's the thing, though, with Robbie Ray. If you can get him back to his form from, I think, like two or three years ago, this is a steal. Um, The stuff has always been there. The control has not. So if you can limit the walks, this is is technically a guy that could shoot up to to the top of that rotation that is anchored right now by Ryu. Yeah, definitely. All right, next trade. Cubs get Andrew Chassin from where was he at the Diamondbacks so the Diamondbacks again Busy. big sellers uh Chassin a member of the Diamondbacks picked fourth third overall he was a three six eight career I mean he fits into a rotation that's decent I, I think I, I it's a good piece for the Cubs I like it a lot um Again, it's kind of like the Ray situation where they didn't have to give up too much. They're, I mean, I, realistically, with all these deals, when you're talking about it in this lens, it's you're getting them for a month, um, unless there's a ton of service time that they have left, in which case they probably weren't going to be dealt anyway. So I like it. Um, his, his career numbers are really good. He hasn't been great this year. Um, but... Having said that, it's probably easier for them to trot someone out like that instead of Tyler Chatwood, who can't throw strikes. So I'd rather take a chance with some new blood than depending on what you know you have isn't good enough. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I don't know. I, I can't trust the Cubs. <laughs> Are you just bitter because of what happened? No, I'm not. Actually, and the sad part is I, I want to really, really, really like the Cubs. I really do. But they sit at 20 and 14. The only thing they have going for them for a team that I really can't trust is their division has been awful this year. Yeah, that division has been actually putrid. And we, I mean, I looked at that division. We both looked at it. The Pirates were the automatic, you know, not the a automatic good team. X. Automatic yeah. X marks the spot that they suck. Um, I had a lot of high hopes for the Reds. They have not been great. I mean, they're only four games under. They're middling. Yeah, Milwaukee's yeah. three games under. They're middling. It, it, technically, the uh, Cubs are three and a half games up on the Cardinals, who are twelve and thirteen. I mean, this is a, this could be a division they win by eight nine games. Yeah, which would be kind of surprising in a sixty game season. Um, yeah. The thing with the Cubs too, like I kind of like the deals they made though. They were smart and calculated. Um, getting you know a Martinez, I'll. I think it's Jose. I'm going to say Jose. I believe it is Jose Martinez without even looking. It is Jose. Okay, so Jose (laughs) Martinez. Getting someone like him, getting, you know, some pitching help. I like them because they weren't huge investments to make, 
and they made their team better. Again, it's kind of like the Blue Jays. They're not going to make them World Series contenders or World Series favorites, I should say, by any means. But they're in first place. They had some wiggle room to do something. Um, and I love, you know, that they're basically looking at it like our window is kind of closing. Rizzo, Baez, like all these guys, realistically, you can't keep all of them. The Cubs don't have all the money in the world. Um, so you might as well take another shot while you still can. And in a shortened season where they're in first place, why not now? Definitely. Definitely. So do you see this as an all-in move for the Cubs this year? Um, no, it's not. I don't think they're they're betting the house because of the way they made the deals. I think had the Cubs done something catastrophic and dealt for like Clevenger or another top line starter or a top pro like I, I just don't think these moves tell me that they're a hundred percent sure that they're gonna be over the hump now. I think this was a move to you know give them some wiggle room to say, hey, you know, we were active but it didn't come through. Like the chips didn't fall where they should have. Uh, I think if you if you made that blockbuster as the Cubs, that would have signaled to to me and, and pretty much their fan base that they're all in. Yeah. Okay. I can I can wrap my head around that. Uh, all right. Next trade on the docket. Marlins, Starling Marte, Griffin Conine. They really didn't give up much. They gave up Caleb Smith and a prospect to uh, to get Marte, and they get they give up VR, which is their their seller move, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, are are the Marlins competent? So I was looking at their numbers today. They are actually extremely competent. Um, they're fifteen and fifteen. They're playing just awful at home. They're one and eight at home. <laughs> Would you want to be playing at home in Miami where COVID's spiking right now? I'd probably counterpoint. Just... They're used to playing in front of no fans. That's true. So this should be familiar footing for them. Um, I don't. I, I'm going to say this. I think the Marlins were the biggest winners of the trade deadline. Hot take. Very hot take. And the reason I say this is you touched on it. The VR trade, that's a sell move. He's on a one-year deal making a prorated 8 mil. You can do that. Like, that's you're in with, you're within your power. Definitely. You're getting Griffin Conine, who um, had some suspension issues in the past. But I was say, when he's off the juice. When he's off the juice, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but you get a controllable young talent that you can breed in that – development system they have they have some good players they're all young the the big move right there the Marte move that's the big one right there um that is their blockbuster and you're right they didn't give up shit they gave up Caleb Smith and Mejia who had never pitched above a ball until this year so you're giving up a general unknown talent who showed glimpses that he could be good and you're giving up Caleb Smith who is you know probably a middle of the road three or four on a good team um, but the Marlins have some really good young pitching, young starting yeah, pitching, do. I should say. They really do. Their bullpen is atrocious. I'm surprised they didn't do more to add to the bullpen, but we'll see. I think that division where they stand, the Braves have a shit ton of injuries, so why not take a shot? And you, you sold one piece to get a controllable talent, and you took a shot on a blockbuster to get you over the hump. So I love that. I love their their strategy with this trade deadline they sold and they acquired yeah and i think that's the balance that like teams like the marlins are gonna or should have i should say been in and and if for whatever reason the mlb keeps this expanded playoff format which we'll see when october rolls around how we like it 
I think that's what you're going to see more teams doing. So I actually don't hate your your take of, of the Marlins winning the trade deadline because I think they may have laid the foundation for the future to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I like that. Um, phew, the Marlins, competent, blowing my mind. Since they haven't made – I don't think they made the – playoffs since 2003 they've never lost a playoff series yeah. 97 and 03 the only two, two two times they've made the playoffs and they won the world series both times see this is why i'm a motherfucking rain man because i threw money down on them before the season even started before we knew what covid was that they were going to win the world series so plus three thousand <laughs> odds credit to me when it happens you'll see me take a nice swan dive off the dock into the boston harbor doing a victory oh, lap fucking hit, give yourself a concussion off a box of tea you know. <laughs> Earl Grey, baby. I love it. I love it. Um, all right, next move. A smaller move, but I think one that could have nice implications. The A's go out and get Mike Miner. What are your thoughts there? So this was a savvy move by the A's, a terrible move by the Rangers. The Rangers should have traded him last year when he was at the pinnacle of his career. He was an all-star. He had everything going for him. This year he's been terrible. Uh, However, I don't believe that the A's would make a deal that would make them worse because their scouting department has routinely and consistently been one of the best. So clearly they saw something that they noticed that they can tweak with and fix with Miner and make him, you know, return him to form from last year because he's not far removed from being a great pitcher. I think this was a great move by the A's, terrible by the Rangers for waiting too long to deal him. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, I'm... I, I think I'm all the fuck in on the A's, by the way. I was not going into this season, and every I, they just... Oopsies. It's like they're they're here to just fuck with me, because I never know what to think of them. I know they're a good team. I never think they're a great team. And here we are. They're one of the best teams in the league. So hats off to the A's, I guess. Hats off to the motherfucking A's sporting a plus 36 run differential. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, that's 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 one I just think it's a, it's a minor deal when we talk about it, and I think it could pay dividends for them down the road. No pun Rockies intended. Get Ke- <laughs> Rockies get Kevin Pillar. Same thing. Do you think? Do you do you do you see Kevin Pillar having an impact on a major league roster again in his career? Um, with a team like the Rockies, yeah, maybe. Um, I think this is a good deal. He can play all three outfield positions. He has good speed. Um. Also, you know, the Rockies right now it would make the playoffs today. So mm-hmm. let's not forget that. So in a playoff series where it's, you know, do or die, you need to just make the right moves at the right time of the game. He's a good pinch runner. He's good off the bench for some, you know, different reasons. I don't think he's an everyday player that you want to throw out there. And, you know, you can't expect him to hit 300. Um but if he gets on base... Counterpoint, he, he's hitting 274 this year. Yeah, well, see. I mean, he's, he's Which would there. actually be a career... Or, well, I'm sorry, 278 is career high. But still. And also, Kevin Pillar does not steal a lot of bases. For as much run as he gets about his speed, he's never stole more than 25 bags in... Which he did in 2015, which is... I mean, just career highs across the board for him. Yeah. He, has, he only has two attempts this year. He's one for one for two. Hmm. Well, he was also playing in Boston, so maybe now getting away from uh, I there's no excuse for that actually because Boston still has a good lineup. So yeah, you know what? If he gets on base, I guess don't expect him to steal, but he will make some great defensive plays. 
Um, yeah, I, that's the thing. I, I I always look at Kevin Pillar and go, man, and I, I was telling you this before the show when we were talking about him getting traded. I think, you know, oh, man, if he just got in the right system, he just got with the right manager, just got with the right clubhouse. But now I'm looking at his numbers, and I might walk, walk back this take, and I hope I'm wrong because I've always liked Kevin Pillar. He's but, one of those guys, like, he's, again, he's a situational guy. I don't think you expect too much out of him. I think in a playoff format where – you can make some of those substitutions in, in the right spots. If you bring him in in the right situation, he's great. Whether it's defensive or whatever base running ability he does or does not have, because clearly it, I, he's not Ricky Henderson like I had thought. But um, I don't, I don't hate the move. I think it just gives more depth to a team that definitely could use some. So good for the Rockies to grab him. Good for the Red Sox to shed him. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right. Um... Let's see. Do I have any others that I can we can talk about before we bury? Oh, Mets get Todd Frazier. We're talking Mets. Todd the Father. Mets. The, the Todd, Todd Father. That's no it. No thoughts on it. That's, That's it. it. All right. I think. Uh, well, All right. no. There is. There's a little bit that comes with this. Uh, when the Mets play the Nationals, that should be a fun rematch with uh, Adam Eaton Ooh, and Todd I didn't Frazier. Even think about that. Yeah. Good repeat. I didn't even think about that. In the COVID era. That'll be fun. A lot of talk. Um, yeah. Okay, so we we've we've buried long enough. The biggest trade of the day, the biggest moves of the day. Well, first of all, the Padres. I know you said the Marlins won the uh trade deadline, but it's hard to argue against the Padres. There is an argument to be made. I think the for me the Padres made a really, really smart move with Clevenger. And Rosenthal. I think Rosenthal and Clevenger are clearly the, the, the two moves that make the biggest impact. Um, other than that, a lot of it, for me, just seems kind of like noise. And, hmm. I, I mean, we'll get into it, but you added one, two catchers. Um, you traded a, a very competent catcher in Austin Hedges. And... So, I, I mean, you added two catches for the price of one, essentially, which, however you want to take that. Mitch Moreland's, you know, good hitter, but he's not going to get consistent at-bats on that team. Eric Hosmer, Will Myers, uh, he, I mean, I know you have the DH, but it's not like Moreland can really play the outfield, and they have yeah. a glut of outfielders. So I don't love all these moves. I think they were just making moves to make moves. I love Clevenger and Rosenthal, but other than that, a lot of this just seems like noise. I I mean, Jason Castro, it's not really noise, especially you didn't know it at the time um, that you were moving uh, hedges, but now he becomes a nice little piece to couple with Mejia. But I don't know, man. Clevenger is a good is is a great pickup. I like Rosenthal as a good pickup. Um, Allen's not going to do much for him. I mean, they they have a, they have a, uh, an embarrassment of riches in the outfield, and the Indians had an embarrassment of riches at um, at, at pitching. So this kind of makes sense to me on both sides. Because I look at it as an Indians fan, and, and yeah, it sucks to give up Clevenger, but as I've been saying all day, he broke the team's trust. There was he 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 screwed with the chemistry, and if you looked at the record when when he wasn't there, the Indians started playing some of their best baseball all year, and to 
the point of, oh, but you're giving away a number two. Well, yeah, but a number two doesn't do much if the rest of the team doesn't want to play for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. It's also going to be interesting now because Plesak's coming back up to start tomorrow. Um, and I think the team is more willing to forgive Plesak than they were Clevenger. Yeah, because Clevenger also tried to hide his actions. Exactly. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to absolve Plesak of fault because he... You know, he didn't come clean. He got caught. Well, exactly. And I think, I think if if he didn't get caught, then um, he, you're you're talking the same situation. Mm-hmm. And I bet. And, I, and the Indians front office comes out today and says, um, "Oh, you know, there's uh, there, there him missing protocol has nothing to do with uh, why he got traded." Mm, yeah, it did. It did because I mean there was reports that players had quoted saying that they were going to forego the rest of the season if Clevenger was allowed to stay on the team. I mean, in fairness, that player was Oliver Perez, but um... I mean we talked about that, <laughs> and I, I read players plural, but it could just be Perez, and they're trying to cover it. But I uh, saw something today. It's like uh, Oliver Perez is now one to zero in power struggles this year. <laughs> <laughs> Credit to Oliver Perez. He got his way as a 40-year-old pitcher that's been on like at least half the league. So um, he is clearly the town bicycle of the major league. So good for him. <laughs> All right. So uh, the total hauls, Clevenger, Mike Clevenger and Greg Allen, Trevor Rosenthal, Mitch Moreland, Austin Nola, Jason Castro, Austin Adams, among others for the Padres. They get a haul. Indians get Austin Hedges, Gabriel Arias, a nice little middle infield prospect, Josh Naylor, an outfield prospect or an outfield bat that can step in, can play first base as well. Cal Quantrill, who's a pitcher, can step in. Um, and Owen Miller, another middle infield prospect. I like it. I like the Indians haul on this more than the Padres. I think the Indians address a lot of needs um, and a lot of, I think they're future proofing a little bit too here. So I love the Naylor deal. I, I love Naylor for his power. I think he's good in that regard. He can swing the bat a little bit and they're all young, uh, which is a huge win. So they're getting controllable pieces here. Austin Hedges, we talked, I mean, we were texting earlier. I think Austin Hedges is severely overlooked. Good defensive catcher can swing the bat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he clearly calls a good game because the Padres always have good young arms that come up through that system, and someone has to call those games. You so, could argue that, that that he is a the 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 defensive prowess of of a Roberto Perez who won a Gold Glove last year. You could, and I think the again the Padres like they made the a lot of these deals with Hedges still on the roster, like getting Austin Nola, then they and they have Mejia, and they have Jason Cat. Like, you have three catchers now. Like, Nola was playing really well for the Mariners. Like, let's not forget that. So, I, getting rid of Hedges just as, like, an afterthought, like, here, take him. Um, I just don't – I don't get it. Um, it's tough to see who truly was the centerpiece of this deal. You could argue it was – For the I, Indians? Yeah. It, like, you could argue it was – Josh, I think it's Arias. It, I think it's Arias. You could argue it's Naylor in a combination of someone else, but I think it was Arias. I think it's also because you, when I say future-proofing, Lindor is not going to be back. Um, and the Indians clearly could not trade Lindor when they're in first place like this, fighting with the White Sox to you know keep control. You need it to keep your best player there. You can't send that type of message. 
Yeah. Um, but at Lindor least this does gives have them another options. year of Lindor does have another another year of control. I, I don't know why I've been operating under the the, the 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 pretense that this is it. Well, I think if they so let's say they win, right? Because I think their their plan is to trade him no matter what, knowing that you can get a better haul if a team were to get him for a fully season instead of a half like half a year or less than half the year at a traditional deadline. I think they're still going to try to trade him in the offseason. I think the Arias deal gives them some type of protection if they decide to and if they don't because at least you can still groom this kid in the minor leagues next year if and when the minor leagues returns. Mm-hmm. So you can at least develop him. So this was this was a perfect move for the Indians. Um, they get a nice arm in Quantrill who, you know, it's not going to light up anyone's, you know, I guess radar guns or he's not, he's not a perfect pitcher by any means, but he gives you length. He's a good deep arm. Uh, I, I think Arias and, and Naylor, I like Naylor a lot. I, I think Naylor gives you a younger option to put in the outfield in a corner spot, or he can play first base or he can DH. A lot of things you can do now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like first base is pretty nailed down. I, <laughs> See what I did there? Yep. Um, hey, you did down. that twice. That was, we had one with the minor joke and now with Naylor. So you're on a fucking roll, <laughs> my friend. Um, and so Naylor can play both first base and left field. Jeff Passan said he immediately slots to left field. I think so. Um, then, I don't know. I, I, I like the potential. I, and there's a, uh, a lot of doom and gloom among Indians fans right now. And I think it's unwarranted. The Indians have shown they can win these kind of trades. The Indians have shown... In the last 24 months, okay, the Indians have dealt Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, and Mike Clevenger. And we haven't seen them lose, so to speak, any of those trades yet. No, if anything, they're... The thing with the Indians is they had six pitchers for five spots. Um, you look at this rotation, and Grant, like, Plesak is, is he will be great. Um, you still have Bieber, who, I mean, potentially could be the Cy Young this year, uh, even MVP with his fucking numbers. So you have those two. You still have Carrasco. You still like Pluko, Savali. There's options there that they can roll with because you don't need necessarily to keep Clevenger in the fold, knowing Clevenger is you know probably going to walk anyway when he's a free agent. So yeah, and then that's a, that's another thing is is San Diego even going to pay Clevenger? Well, they can't. I mean, if you look at their payroll right now, if they think that they can keep all these players when the time comes, they're sorely mistaken. They exactly. So, so realistically, the Indians weren't going to pay him. We fucking know that. But is there? I mean, I think this is the right move. I, I, I between the COVID and his 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 contract situation, and the Indians aren't going to pay him. It's the same thing we're talking about with with Lindor. You you want to get something? You don't just want to let him go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, this at least get like the COVID thing actually kind of helped the Indians when you think about it. A lot of people thought it was going to kill them because they weren't going to be pitching Clevenger. I mean, they brought him up for that audition, technically speaking, uh, to show that he still has it. But the COVID gives them nice cover to say we we got rid of him, you know, purely because he broke protocol. When in reality, there was a lot of different factors that went into that. Their young talent is showing that they can get it done. They have you know a deep farm system. They weren't going to pay him. 
like they're not going to pay Lindor. So at least this eliminates the distraction of a contract discussion now for them and the public to see play out. Yeah, I'm with you there. <sighs> All right, what else did we miss? Is there any other any other big moves that we that we didn't cover? I'm trying to think. I think that was it. I think that the was Indians it. Indians DFA like the... Domingo Santana. Sick experiment there. Yeah. Other than remember, that, I think... remember when I was excited about that signing? Yeah, you were. Uh, but hey, it's that's your team. You want to be excited about every move. Yeah. Well, I'm an idiot. Just you can say it. It's okay. I'm a I'm a Cleveland fan with no hope. <laughs> Uh, no, Indians are all in, though. I, 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 that's the wrong. Uh, the Indians aren't all in, but they're all smart. I'm going to say that. They are savvy. I'll give them that. They're very savvy when it comes to making the moves. I think they're idiots when it comes to letting their negotiations go public in the way it does. So mm, that's, that's what fair. I'll say. That's fair. Um, I mean, think about it. The Indians have traded so many Cy Young candidates. I know. Cliff, Cliff Lee, CeCe. I mean, and the ones we talked about, Bauer, Kluber, and now Clevenger added to the list. Interesting to think about. All right. Uh, you got a curtain call, my friend. No, I I can't keep using the same one because I can't keep saying the Marlins are going to make the playoffs. Marlins are going to make the playoffs. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Here, give me something else. Let's go. Do you have any – does the trade deadline affect your playoff predictions at all? Yeah, so I think – the trade deadline affects – I think the trade deadline really affects the Yankees because the Yankees didn't do anything, and I think they really needed to do something. Yeah, how how did the, the, the Yankees shop Frazier and Andujar and not walk away with anything? See, my thing with that is I would tra- – like, you can trade Andujar. You can't trade Frazier right now because of Judge and Stanton. Um, so that one I'm okay with them keeping Frazier. I, it's fine. But the Andujar thing, that's a little mind-boggling. Um, it reminds me what the Rays did with Martinez. Martinez was brought into that team because of his power, and you thought you'd have a regular DH, but clearly he got overtaken by someone else. And the Rays are getting contributions from players they didn't think about. The Yankees are in a similar boat. Andujar has not done anything, but his value is still there because he's young. He's only two years removed from being the runner-up of the rookie of the year. He had 40-plus doubles as a rookie, so he definitely has the talent. It is there. He just needs regular at-bats. So that one I'm perplexed about. I'm also a little perplexed that they would bring up their top pitching prospect, Davey Garcia, and he absolutely shoved in his debut, only for them to send him down. I thought that was more of an audition so they could get some bullpen help, uh, perhaps some middle infield help. But I don't know. Uh, I think the Yankees standing pat just tells me that they're not, I don't want to say not serious, but I don't think they're ready to jeopardize any of their prospects or development for a shortened season. I think they're just, they're still looking at it as their team is going to be ready to compete in 2021. Hopefully the injury bug fucking leaves this team because I feel like I am watching a minor league team again. Yeah. Um, man, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I want the Yankees to own the second half here. I would love it. I just don't think it's feasible. I think, with the, I mean, they'll make the playoffs. Um, yeah. But, you know, they need that one spot, and the Rays are a fucking wagon right now, so. Do you think that stays, though? Yeah, I do. I, I really do. I, I it's so hard. It's such, like, with a shortened season, you could still be catching lightning in a bottle for 60 games. You could, but now that they only have 30 left, it's going to be tough. 
You're down three nothing right now too. By the way. Uh, fucking... <laughs> did, I, did, I, did I just press a button? I'm sorry. I did not mean to hurt you. <laughs> oh, you know, because I muted notifications because there was. Oh fuck, dude! I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but it's hey, you know what? It's better to know not to watch them right now. So. Well, it's only the third inning. It's only the third inning, so you got plenty of time. Okay, just so fast, just fast forward to to. Uh, I think we're in top three. I, I clicked off of it. Fuck, I'm sorry, dude. No, it's that fine. Was... <laughs> it's fine. And of course, you know, Garrett Cole's pitching too against Glass now, so this is this should get better, right? <laughs> Realistically, it should. I fucking hate this team right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I feel bad now, so I think we gotta stop. That's I feel really bad. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry um, about it. I'm just gonna go cry myself to sleep. <laughs> I, I upset my friend. I was just, already upset. <laughs> just give give Jonesy a boop for me. Um, today's show has been presented by SeatGeek. When fans can come back, you got to check out SeatGeek because that's the only place that you should be buying your tickets from. Go see Garrett Cole shove in pinstripes. Has he earned his pinstripes yet, buddy? No, 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 no. He hasn't earned his pinstripes? Okay. Go watch Garrett Cole earn his pinstripes, and the only place to do this is with SeatGeek. With their interactive seat map, you can see where you're going to be buying tickets from, what your view is going to look like, and they have deal scores. 0 to 10 if you're better with numbers, or if you're stupid like me, colors. Green deal good, red deal bad. Use promo code BREAKDOWN, get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. We're out of time. He's 7. I'm Tom's, Tommy. Jonesy made an appearance. He'll be back next week. See ya. Mama has it. Mama has it.